As we are celebrating our Father's Day, our first Sunday back after 14 weeks, we also want to make sure that we celebrate our earthly fathers, and we are grateful to do that this morning. Our 8.30 and 9.40 services are what we call family-friendly, and that means uh, a couple of things. One, uh, children can join us and eat and drink and do everything that will keep them from not running crazy. We have packets of uh, activities for them, uh, we provide for them, but we also have a special video for them every Sunday. Uh, it's a little mini lesson for kids, though I find as an adult, I deeply appreciate these. So uh, children of all ages, if you would, I direct your attention to the screen. What makes you feel like giving up? When it's hard to get started? When it takes too much time? Too much repetition? Too much discomfort? Too much saying no to other things you wanna be doing? Sometimes you just wanna say, enough, it's not worth it. I give up. But when you choose to stick it out, when you choose to put in the time, the repetition, the discomfort, the focus. You find it gets easier. You gain momentum. You can see the goal line ahead. And you get excited as you make your final rush to the finish. God can give you the power to stick with it and follow through. Whether you're learning an instrument or you're learning how to shoot a three-pointer, or maybe simply trying to clean your really messy room. <laughs> With God's help, you'll be saying, can't stop, won't stop. When you choose to finish what you start, even when it's tough, others can see God's power at work in you. That's why determination is an amazing way to worship God with your life. Because worship it's about more than just singing loud. It's all about living loud. Nice, thank you. Uh, before we look to God's word, would you join me in a word of prayer? Well, God, we are incredibly grateful to be here together. And Lord, uh, for some of us, it took 14 weeks for us to realize just how deeply we love worship and worshiping with God's people in one place. For others, Lord, that time isn't yet. And we pray that they will feel as connected and as filled with joy and celebration as we do here. And Lord, we uh, just again ask you to bring your word to life for us. That it would speak into our lives with power and with the presence of Jesus Christ. We ask and pray this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Um, I'm not going to apologize for Pastor Brian because I know exactly what he was feeling up here. Uh, we're used to, over 14 weeks, we've been taping things. Um, and we would get rolling on something and we'd blah, 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 And we'd say, cut, let's do it over. Um, and so we looked good. 
you never got to see our mistakes. You never got to see the things we didn't do very well. And so we got out of the habit of doing well live. And that takes a little more work and effort. So I feel for my brother, and I share with him his pain and agony as his jokes failed miserably <laughs> in front of all of us. It is great to be here, even, even with these. In fact, as I, as I was singing, and I couldn't hear anybody else really sing very much, uh, because all I hear was seven, and, and a thought struck me that if God can understand speaking in tongues, he can understand singing with a mask. Amen? Amen, Amen to that. Uh, and uh, I do want to just encourage us all to remember that while we are here, we are here really only in part. Uh, two-thirds of our church is still at home watching us and uh, worshiping with us there. And for some of them, it won't be months before they come. For some of them, it might be a year or more. And so I just want to encourage you all to know that if you're unable to make it to a live worship service here, we will continue to have our worship services online, and we are working hard at trying to get simulcast, simulcast? Live streaming, live streaming. Sorry, I didn't mean to upset our media team. They hate simulcasting. Live streaming, up and going. Um, where's Brian? Thank you. You just absolutely jinxed me. Um, so we will continue that. I want to thank our staff. Our children's ministry has done an outstanding job. The entire staff has done an outstanding job of doing ministry in a way we've never even thought of before. How do we do ministry when the campus is closed and everyone's sheltering in place? And they, I think they've done just a marvelous job, the whole staff, of really working hard without any playbook. Playbook. We have no idea uh, kind of what we're doing week by week. The target has always been changing. Uh, but the staff has really hung in there to do everything they can. Uh, and two staff in particular, thank you. Um, two staff in particular have done the heavy lifting in this. And one is our media director, Lauren Blaylock, and the other is our webmaster, Zoe Gibson. They did heavy lifting to make sure everything worked great. So very grateful to them. I've had 14 weeks to think about this, and I want to talk about what we've lost, what we've gained, and what we need to do. Uh, not only was it public worship that we've lost, there are a lot of things that we lost. Um, we lost normal. Uh, when someone said to me, man, you remember the good old days, like February, <laughs> you know? We lost normal. I'm not sure what normal is anymore. Normal is whatever it is today. We've lost sharing significant events, graduations, end of school year, weddings, memorial services, funerals, trips, vacations. We've lost significant events. We lost jobs and economic security. We lost literally touch. We lost touch. Uh, yesterday, the Holy Riders were preparing to go on a ride, and we were all in a circle six feet apart. And uh, one guy came up to me, and he stuck out his hand, and I said, ah. and then he did the fist, and I said, ah. and then he, um, then he did this. I thought, are you testing me? <laughs> I want to say, did you watch the video? I can't do that. <laughs> 
um, and realized he wasn't from our church. So he evidently he did not watch the video. But we've lost being able to touch. But there are some things we've gained. And one of the things that I've tried to encourage you over these last 14 weeks and messages and uh, pastors of, in our, our devotionals uh, is to see also what we've gained. Paul said in Romans 8.28 that we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We know, Paul said, if we look for it, if we look for it, we'll see God redeeming things. In fact, this month's pulse is filled with stories of how God redeemed the sheltering in place, how God worked in spite of those challenges that we face. And if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Just send it to our church office. Uh, we'd love to put it in the upcoming pulses. Uh, but this is a, a great uh, month's edition of just great story after great story of how God has redeemed this time. We've gained uh, some of us have gained weight. We gained a deeper appreciation for family and friends. We miss people, miss being with people, miss seeing people. Uh, when you drive around the neighborhoods like I've done over these last 14 weeks, you see families out together, doing things together, playing games together, being together. We've gained a deeper appreciation for family and friends. We gain time, time to do things that we didn't think we had time for. Suddenly we were able to make time for things we didn't think we had time. We gained spiritual depth. The church of Jesus Christ has been brought to its knees in prayer, seeking God's face for a time such as this, calling out to him to bring healing, to bring peace upon our nation and our world. We gained new heroes, nurses, doctors, EMTs, teachers. One parent put out there, the day after school was closed, she said, I have just finished homeschooling my two elementary school kids for 45 minutes. I'm exhausted. Teachers should get a billion dollars, and they should. Amen to that. We have, uh, we've also gained a new genre of jokes. You, you knew this was coming, right? There are so many coronavirus jokes, it's a pandemic. Ah, ah, I love that one. Oh, it reminds me of Pastor Bruce. Oh. Uh, why do they call it a novel coronavirus? Oh, it's a long story. Okay. I should have given these to Brian. My favorite, <clears throat> the World Health Organization announced that dogs cannot contract COVID-19. Dogs previously held in quarantine can now be released. To be clear, who let the dogs out? Ah, oh, nice, right? I like it. I think I like best of all what Leslie Dwight said in her poem. She said, what if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. 
A year that screams so loud, finally awaking us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change. Declare change, work for change, become change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. We have lost, but we have gained as well. But I think the one thing that stands out the most to me over these last 14 weeks is what I shared with you on March 22nd. And you all remember that, right? What I shared with you on March 22nd was the story of Esther and Mordecai and the prophet Elijah and how God put them where they were for a time such as then. And I shared with you on March 22nd, and I'm repeating that today on June 21st, 14 weeks later, that I believe with all my heart that we as Christians and we as the church are here for such a time as this. I mean, a lot has been laid on us. A lot has been laid on the United States. First, we've faced fear and anxiety. I'm sure it's no surprise to you that uh, antidepressant prescriptions are up 20%. Anti-anxiety prescriptions are up almost 35%. That's just in three months. Alcoholism is becoming rampant. And in fact, if you try to reach an AAA, AA, AA, not auto, um, Alcoholics Anonymous hotline, you're lucky to get through because they're absolutely swamped. We've faced fear and anxiety and overwhelming feelings. We've faced division, not just political division, but now social division. You know, Facebook used to be the place that you'd put pictures of yourself and your kids or your family, or whatever you were doing, you sort of brag or you'd embellish uh, all the great things you're doing. Now it's a war zone, a place where you post opinions or feelings and, and you attack those that don't agree with you. We faced division, and we faced racism. We had hoped that over these past 40 years that we'd made some strides, some great changes when it came to racial injustice and racism, only to find out that all we have done is push it below the surface for a little while. These are hard things. In fact, psychologists are saying in order to combat the uh, the anger and the anxiety and the fear that so many people are expressing. They're suggesting limit your time watching TV, the news. Limit your time that you listen to the radio news. Limit your time because it's overwhelming people. Someone said to me, what's the answer? And I said, well, it's not found in a political person and it's not found in a political party. I said, well, then what is the answer to all of this? And I said, Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And I know that sounds like a bumper sticker. But if Jesus is not the answer, why are we here? Why are we here if he is not the answer? 
These are not only hard issues. These are heart issues. Every single one of these things is a heart issue. And if we want to see change, if we hope for change, it has to be a change of heart. That is the only way we're going to be free of fear and anxiety and division and racism. You have to change the heart. And that is the gospel's specialty. The gospel is heart changing. The power of Jesus Christ is transforming. And if we hope for our nation to be better, if we hope for our world to be healed, it will come through Jesus. And it will only come through Jesus. I mean, remember what Jesus said. When it comes to fear, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Remember what Paul said about fear. He said, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of son and daughtership, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Christ is the power over fear and anxiety. Christ is the power over division. Remember what he said in John chapter 17 as he prayed for not only his disciples, he prayed for you. As he looked ahead to this moment, when he saw you here today, he prayed this. I pray also for those who will believe in me through his disciples' message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and me and I'm in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me. And now watch what he prays here. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I want to repeat that. I want you to look at this last part of this prayer. He's praying, may they be brought to complete unity. Why? To let the world know that you sent me. Why is unity among believers so important? Because it's a way of letting the world know that Jesus was sent to this world and have loved them even as you have loved me. Your unity in Jesus Christ shows the world that Christ came, and Christ came with love. The divisions that Christians are creating amongst themselves because they differ politically or they differ over other issues is destroying our witness to who Jesus is and why he came. I want to give you a great filter for posting anything on social media, all right? That filter is Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and following. He says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk, words, come out of your computer or your phone. <laughs> but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, 
anger, brawling, whether that's verbal or written, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Wouldn't that be an awesome filter to have on our computers and on our phones? That it has to uh, be filtered through these things, and if it isn't, if it doesn't meet this standard, it doesn't get posted. I think that'd be awesome. I'd love reading my email then. (laughs) What we have together is far more important, far more precious than the opinions that drive us apart. Amen? Thought I was all by myself there. And then, Jesus didn't tell us to love those who look like us. He didn't tell us to love those who have the same origin of birth. He didn't tell us to love those in the same economic strata. He said, love one another. You remember what he said to the man who asked him, Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the entire Old Testament? 613 commandments, which is the most important one, the one. Jesus answered this way. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And then he went on to say this. And this is what I want to stress this morning. The second is this. Now, what did the man ask for? The one most important commandment. Jesus gave it, right? The man didn't say, what are the top three? He didn't say, survey says. He said, what's the number one commandment? Because that was the argument among the rabbis. The number one commandment. Jesus gave the number one commandment. Then he went on. And this isn't a bonus commandment. He said, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, watch again what he says here. There is no commandment, singular, greater than these, plural, The man asked Jesus, what's the single most important commandment? Jesus said, they are. Love God and love others. There is no one commandment greater than those two. And they are inseparable. Because if you can't love others, you're not loving God. If you don't love God, you can't love others. They're inseparable. Jesus said, you have to hold these things together. He commanded us to love one another, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of where they were born, regardless of their economic situation. Jesus said, all of that does not matter. Love one another as yourself. Christians, we're made for this time. As our world, our nation deals with fear and anxiety and division and racism, this is is our stuff. This is what we're supposed to be good at. Uh, One of the uh, guys I I play golf with, uh, he's an an elder, and he is the most positive person I know. 
I just love playing with him because it doesn't matter what you're facing. He'll, he'll say this to you. You're on a five-par, double dogleg right with sand bunkers, water, and coyotes who think your ball's an egg. And he'll look at that, and he'll turn to you, and he'll say, you got that. You got this. It's like 670 yards away. You got this. I'm saying to you, Christians, you got this. This is your stuff. This is our ballpark. This is our sweet spot. Because these are heart issues, and that's what Jesus' specialty is. So if we didn't get it right these past three months or three years or even three decades, then let's regroup, regrip on Christ and do it right. This is our stuff. And let's show the world truly what we are made of. Christ in us. Christ through us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I do pray that we would have this in spades. We would have this overwhelming. We would have this completely. We would have this wholly. We would have this in our ballpark. We would have this because you have us. And I pray, Lord God, that you would say to us, you got this because I gave it to you. And I will be powerful through you and in you and with you. Lord God, may we show you to the fear, the anxiety, the division, and the racism of our world. May we be different to bring about a different world. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Did I say welcome back? Welcome back. Would you please stand for the doxology? I also want to encourage you and remind you that we have a prayer party that you can reach by phone. Uh, they are available today. We'd love for you to reach out to them if you want prayer. Look forward to being back together again with you next week. And may the Lord God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen.